Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello once again and welcome back to another episode of Father and Sundays, the unexplainable guide to absolutely nothing. This week we're on episode 112. 112? And we are talking about Charles Dickens. Are we really? So stick around if you want to hear more. Hello, uh, my name is Connor and I am the son of Father and Sundays. Hello, my name is David and I am the father of Father and Sundays. Hello. Hello. Just before we go any further, lovely haircut. Thanks. You've got nice hair as well. Thank you very much indeed. Our personal hairdresser, Di, she was around today. Barber. Uh, Barber. <laughs> she does um, uh, does all the stars. She does lots of celebrity haircuts, but she um, has done her today and it's looking really good. She drew eyebrows cool. as well, didn't she? She done my ears and my eyebrows and not so much of my hair. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the way it is when you get your older. eyebrows from here. Because they're the same as my face. Right. So how have you been this week? Um, not bad. Has anything happened that I've forgotten? Well, it's been a busy week. I was away last weekend. Oh, um, yeah, I spent quite a, I spent quite quite a lot, lot of time, time on, on your own. On my own, which I quite liked. Found yourself, yeah? Yeah. Where were you? You asked me, did, did you miss me? And I said... No, no, you <laughs> see, I I get the feeling you did really miss me, no. but you just don't want to say it. I didn't. I, no, you did though. You did. You I said, didn't. "Oh, I've been on my own." Because you said to me, "Oh, you've been oddly here," and it sounded like you were really sort of upset about it. So you don't have to say I it wasn't. out loud on this podcast, but we both know how much you miss. Did me. you miss me? I always miss you. I wish you'd have been there instead of me. <laughs> no, <laughs> nice. not really. On that train journey, anyway. Um, yes, but we went up. Uh, I joined my wife and we were babysitting, uh, grandson David. So that was fun. He walks uh, now, doesn't he? He walks, he walks, and he talks. Well, he, he not talks. so much talks, no. Oh, so. But he walks, and what happens is he starts trotting off, and then he goes into the kitchen, and you go after him, and he turns around and laughs at you and then runs off even more <laughs> so he's quite enjoying getting chased around everywhere but yes he is um because he's mobile he's a little bit more of a handful than what he was before when you just plopped him down the floor and he didn't move but that's the same with all babies um interesting journey up there i was really proud of myself i managed to get on three different trains well um, done. correct ones uh, my good. last train i got on uh, i was Unfortunately, opposite a professional nose picker. Oh, nice. Who picked her nose for much of the journey, which was a couple of hours long. Well, so that was choice. Did she offer you a snack? No, I felt like what I was, I kept thinking in my head, I did write a poem about it, but, um, did you? Yes, I did write a poem about it on Facebook, yeah. And, uh, I saw you did a post. I just liked it. You just didn't bother looking at it, did you? Because it was, it was upsetting you how well, much no, you missed me. because what happens is... You didn't no, want to remind yourself. Absolutely not. No, but what happens is is you tell us these things and then you post about them. So I just assume it's going to be the same thing. No, I think I posted about the fact that what do you do when you're sitting opposite someone? And then because I was sitting there so long and it was just preoccupying my mind, I ended up writing a poem while I was sitting there. But I really wanted to. In my head, I thought I'm going to... When I get up, she'll still be sitting there and I'll, I'll just reach over and 
touch her on the shoulder and say, I hope you find what you're looking for <laughs> and yeah. then get off. But she got off a station before me, so I couldn't do that. But anyway, yeah, that was that. That was a bit gross. Would you have done that though? No, probably not. But in my head, it seemed funny. So we'll just leave it there. That's all that matters, really, isn't it? It is all that matters. Uh, after that, went to a wedding on Monday for Steph and David's wedding, which was glorious and lovely, and really enjoyed that. A bit more on the Tuesday as well. Lots of Jamaican food, uh, nice. which was very enjoyable. Did you have the goat curry? I didn't have the goat curry, actually, but I kept having these. Uh, they look like um, mini Cornish pasties, but they had... They did have beef in them, but they had spices in them as well. Patty things, they were called. Oh, but yeah, Mum They weren't called patty things, but I had loads of them. Um, far too many. Yeah. But other than that, no. It Why didn't you try the curried goat? Oh, because by the time I got to the point where the, the curry goat had come were you out. you scared of it? I was a little bit scared of it. No, and and I, I was a bit disappointed because at one point I'd been eating a lot of these patties and they're very savoury, and I was hankering for something sweet, and I had a, a one of the cans of something. And then someone brought out Quality Street, or Rose. Mum says she thinks it was Rose's, but Rose's. And I thought, excellent, I'm going to go over there and get a few chocolates, because that's going to be, that'll just actually sort of... Can you imagine the disappointment when it was opened up and there was ice in it? <laughs> <laughs> they were just carrying it out here. I was absolutely distraught and it all went down here after that. Did you cry? Yeah, a little bit. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there we go. So Did it was a busy week. Did mum hug you and console you? No, mum doesn't hug me to console me anyway, does she? So that, that's not going to happen. But yeah, so it it was a little way, little time away from home. You missed me loads. I did not. It was that very busy, busy week. But that's not what we're here to talk about, unless you've got anything you want to talk about before then. No, but you make it sound like we have to talk about something really important. We do. We've got to talk about Charles Dickens, Connor. Charles yeah. Dickens, who, by the way you looked past me then, I thought I'd just walked into the room. <laughs> no, I was looking at something else. Um... um Charles Dickens. So, Charles Dickens, I've got a few bits and pieces about Charles Dickens, about, like, sort of when he was born and all the rest of it, and a little bit about his life. Born in 1812. But you know that, do you? Yeah. Can you see it through this piece of paper nope. I'm holding up? Right. I should know you it. a little look. Do you know much about Charles Dickens? Nope. Apart from the fact he was born in 1812. And that he's a writer, yeah. And, yeah, and he wrote a, new, a number of novels. Yes. Yes. Do you know any of those novels? A Christmas Carol. Yes. Oliver. Yes. Great Expectations. Excellent. Um, there was another one. Yep. That's right. There was it's another slightly one. Slightly longer title. Yes. Yep. And there was another one as well. Wow. That's three more than I thought you were going to get there. The fact that you knew about Great Expectations... And the other one, and the other, other one. I, I'm amazed. I'm really pleased. Yeah, but there is one with a long title. Isn't what, there? the old Curiosity Shop? That might be the one I was thinking about. It might be. Well, we'll run through that anyway. But the guy was born on the 7th of February, 1812. 1812. And do you know what his name was? Um, Not Charles. It was. It was Charles. It was Charles <laughs> John Huffham Dickens. So you made it sound like he had a completely different name then? No, but Huffham's quite unusual, isn't it? Oh. What? This is... This so is David. Maybe. <laughs> Not really then, because he had a famous David Copperfield. See, we're David's a, a famous throughout... David the, Copperfield, um, is that the magician? Uh, not the magician, no, the character. Um, he travelled round with his family due to his dad having a job that was constantly moving. He was a train driver. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> was there a book about? Was there trains around at the time? Yeah, yeah. Was, there a, book, talking was, was there a book about trains that he wrote? Uh, I don't know. There might be trains in some of the books that he wrote. I'll have a look when we run through them in a in a in a little while. We'll we'll have a little look and see if any of them could be referred to as that. Um. But his dad was a clerk, a clerk in the Royal Navy Pay Office, so he had to go from place to place and do that work. Um, Charles Dickens worked from 12, which is a little bit late if you ask me, because yeah. I get up at six, like <laughs> in a blacking factory. And a blacking factory was something that they created boot polish. 
Yeah, oh, makes all, sense actually. By all accounts, a really horrible job to have. Yeah, but like a blacking factory, and they made shoe polish, which was makes sense. There wasn't it? lots of colours. There was only really yeah, everything black. was black and white back then, yeah, wasn't it? Everything was black and white back then. But the chemicals used in that, and he was only twelve years old. I was joking about it being twelve o'clock. Um, I got that. Uh, <laughs> right, so it must have been a really unpleasant job, and I got the feeling from what I read that he he pretty much hated it. But his father, see, this was what weird. I didn't realise this. His father was sent to prison for not being able to pay his debts. I think he owed owed a baker some money and a butcher some money. Right, don't know about a candlestick maker. But he owed money to people, so he was sent to prison. But in those days, if you were sent to debtor's prison, the whole family went. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. harsh. <laughs> but, so so like, it was like me doing something wrong and then all of you having to come to prison with me. That does seem sorry a about bit, this, guys. Yeah, sorry about this, guys, but I've got a speeding ticket and now we've all got to go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't have to go to prison. Um, oh, because he he carried on working in the. I think because he had a he had a job, uh, they let him carry on working in the blacking factory. If it, how about if um, so say for example, I went to prison. Yes, and you say about the whole family have to go to prison. Would that include like? So would you have to go to prison? I if don't I went know to whether it was. Does it go that way around? I don't know whether it was bottom to top or just top to bottom. I think because of you. I think being, it's top to bottom, but I think, does it go both ways? Uh, question. No, I don't think it would. Why? Uh, Why you think you can get out of this? Because I'm I've, in no, extreme I, I debt. Think, <laughs> no, are you? I think. Uh, I think it was that the at that time the 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 man of the house, the father, was seen as the breadwinner and would probably be yeah. the only income yeah. normally. Yeah, you don't know the answer, do you? No. You're making it up. <laughs> <laughs> you can look that one up, so you won't. <laughs> um, he only stopped working in the blacking factory when his father come into some inheritance a relation died and they suddenly had money and they were able to come out of prison because they could pay their debts and actually were comfortable then. Yeah. Which, you know, is bizarre. But I, I, as I say, the bit, bit of going to prison just because someone in your family has done something wrong. So was he living on his own when they went to prison? Living on his He's probably working and living in the same place. That's another thing I like didn't... Like a workhouse. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a workhouse, but yes, yeah. Um, so he had a quite a... I think he came from quite humble and poor beginnings. But then his life kind of changed a little bit. He uh, became a really successful journalist. So that's when what, the writing... What did he report on? Uh, everything, you know. Like sports? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, things... About things potential transfers... Yeah, anything like, West like transfers yeah, on, on transfer deadline day, he was s- he was absolutely sort of worked to the bone, really, because yeah. of all those things that are happening in those particular times. Yep, yep. Um, so, <laughs> but he was a journalist anyway. Well, I don't know if he was a sports journalist, but he was a journalist. But he was a very good one. He obviously had an ability to write, which obviously came later on. When but you start- did many people have the ability to read? I don't know. Possibly not. Possibly the uh, first, the people that could read were people of a certain um, standing, like uh, when you start sitting. Yes. So, (laughs) no, but people that had a certain amount of money, a certain amount of education, you know, and obviously people... where did he get his education from? Well, I don't think he had... I don't think he had... he, He wasn't... They weren't poor, poor, but he... Was or a prickly pear. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that when I said that. But you you seem to be finding gaping holes in my knowledge of your skins already. And we're only just started. But he he, he did... Well, he, he obviously had a certain amount of education because he, he was a journalist, so he must have been able to yeah. read and write. Um, so... But again, then he's... Should we just move on? We, we need to really move <laughs> on, I think, because uh, yeah, the time's against us. Um, he wrote his first book, The Pickwick Papers, aged sort of 23, 24. Uh, Is it a bit naff? No, well, I don't... Should no, hear it was as much better, do you? 
Well, it, I've I've heard of it, but I have never read it. Did you heard about it because you read it on a website about Charles no, Dickens? No, no, no. If you'd have said to me, list Charles Dickens' novels, I would have said that one as well. Because I'm, I'm familiar with... written in front of you? No, because I'm familiar with those particular... Most of them anyway. Did he write Spiderwick Chronicles as well? No, he didn't write that one. He uh, was sort of... You're going into them realms now, aren't we? We, we can see where this is going. So he was about 23, 24. So he was younger than you. So so what have you been doing with your life? He's, he's already been in a blacking factory, right? And worked really hard. He's... He's now, he's been a successful journalist and now he's written his first book. Yeah, but I've also worked really hard. Yeah. And I bet he's never done this. I've jumped out of a plane. No, he probably hasn't jumped out of a plane or didn't jump out of a plane. Um, Because people didn't do it like, well, they did. People did do it deliberately, I suppose. (laughs) Did they have planes? Uh, When did planes start being invented? (laughs) Oh, this has made me look really stupid now. I'll probably know this if I think about it, but no, because we're talking about the 1800s here. So no, there there wasn't planes, was there? Yeah. When did the Wright brothers... I have to Google it. Right, anyway, while you're Googling that, um, he wrote his first book, The Pickwick Papers, age 23, 24. We've done a podcast on planes. Which was serialised... From March 1836 to November 1837, and published as a book in 1837, roughly 36, 37. So there was a lot of that goes on. I think I remember Conan Doyle, the Sherlock Holmes books, obviously they're books now, but they were serialised at first in the Strand magazine. That's where it became popular. And then they've been brought together and, and put into volumes. So, go on, have you found out? 1903. 1903. So, obviously, he wouldn't have thrown himself out of a plane because planes didn't invent it. He might have thrown himself off the top of a building, but there was n- not anything higher than buildings. <laughs> no, there would have been balloons, wouldn't there? Would there have been balloons? <laughs> I don't know. You're really confusing me now. <laughs> yeah, there would have been balloons, wouldn't there? Um, Cot air balloons Because things like Zeppelins and that I know they, they you wouldn't have had a Zeppelin then But you would have had that sort of Surely Yeah Yeah? Yeah Good 1783 But people don't tend to throw themselves out of balloons do they? I suppose you could Anyway <laughs> people, Don't people bungee jump off of a hot air balloon sometimes? That seems very very dangerous Yes. Yes. <laughs> there are two things I want to do. Hot air balloon ride and the bungee jump. Well, you could uh, you could do them at the same time, couldn't you? Yeah. Go. I could bungee jump into a shark cage. And do three. You're listening to Life Lessons for Children. Brought to you by the Titan of Truth. The Master of Matter of Fact. Uncle David Good morning boys and girls You know when your mum and dad told you that your goldfish had died And that they had given it a touching and respectful funeral They flushed it down the toilet You're welcome You've been listening to Life Lessons with Uncle David Sponsored by Father and Sundays See you next time Okay. okay, so we've so established, we've established that it was hot air balloons. Shut <laughs> up, don't start doing this. Uh, so we said the Pickwick Papers was one of his, 1836. What papers? The Pickwick, Pickwick. Papers. Pickwick. But then there was Oliver Twist, Oliver which Twist. is obviously very famous. Oliver, Oliver. Twist. <laughs> In 1837. So so that was the second... I think there was uh, novellas that were written in between these, but that's quite Ella, early for Ella, the for Ella. the uh, for that. Then there was mm. Nicholas Nickleby in 1838. So these are big... These are turn... When I'm looking at the actual years of these, he's, he's, he's pushing out a book a year. That's quite good. The Old Curiosity Shop... How long shop, have you been writing your book for? Uh, for years already. Yeah. Uh, the old curi- The problem with my book, right, 
and you've made me stop reading this now, so this is your fault, is that I keep going off in tangent. I keep thinking I'm going to do it in a certain style and then I start something else and I think, no, I want to do it slightly different. So it's not, I keep going off in different directions. You need directions. to storyboard it. I do need to storyboard it. The Old Curiosity <laughs> Shop, 1840, right? And then you've got... I think that's the one I was thinking of. The Old, the old Curiosity Shop, yeah. Barnaby Rudge which in 1841, which I thought Barnaby Rudge was... Cockney rhyming slang. I always thought that was Cockney rhyming slang. For what? Um, oh, I've, oh, God, I've barnaby rudged myself. <laughs> Fudged myself? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I always thought that was that. Um, Martin Chuzzlewit in... in a, that's another one. <laughs> 1843. <laughs> I really need a Chuzzlewit. Oh, no. Oh, oh barnaby fudged <laughs> He's obviously. Maybe we can make it one. I think we should. Uh, Dombey and Son, 1846. David Copperfield, 1849. The Magician. Bleak House in 1852. Hard Times, 1854. Little Dorrit, 1855. Tale of Two Cities, 1859. Great That's expectation. That's the other one I was thinking of because uh, it's Tale, the Tale of Two, two Kitties. Oh, uh, the Garfield one. Garfield Two, uh, Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> Great Expectations, 1860, Our Mutual Friend, 1864, and The Mystery of Edwin Drood, 1870. He had novellas, now the famous one, A Christmas Carol, 1843. Then there was others that I haven't heard of, The Chimes in 1844, The Cricket of the Hearth, 1845, To Be Read at Dusk, 1846, and The Haunted Man, 1848. And which one of those about trains? Um, Great Expect Train Stations. <laughs> I don't know. Great Expectations, what's that about? Oh, it's about... Because they made a film, didn't they? Yeah. I've not seen it. No, have I. <laughs> oh, is that one about trains? Yes, definitely about <laughs> trains. There's loads of trains. Like in it fact, got a train in it. I have, I have read there's... Someone has said it would be good, but there's far too many trains in it. <laughs> All right. it's, it's like an older version of Thomas. He had ten children... Um, named after writers he admired, such as Hemingway, Fielding, McCready, Landor, Zeus and Walliams. <laughs> and God, they wrote the Bible. Yeah, that's true. Did he actually read it? No. Read it? No. I don't think he ever read no. it. Did he actually write no, it? Jesus didn't write the Bible either. It was his disciples, really, the, the followers. So it wasn't God the then either. No, this is a thing. It's written by someone else. It's yeah. not even written by the actual people. Well, they're characters it's in not it. Really, it's hardly an autobiography, is it? No, because they're characters in it. Oh, no, that's the thing. Anyway. Um, um, he had a portrait painted of his wife, which ended up looking like... I like the Walliams and stuff joke. Did that you like good. that? Yeah. yeah. Was, like David Walliams. Yes, David yeah. Walliams. He had a portrait painted of his wife, which ended up looking like himself in drag. It was so bad. Nice. Famously. But he separated from his wife because she looked, she looked like, like him, him in drag. Because <laughs> <laughs> he fell in love with someone else. But also because, and I read somewhere that his professional life was really exciting. You know, he, he used to mix with all these authors. He had all these friends and the socialites and that. And his family life, he found really mundane being a father and a husband. And he really struggled with it. So so I think he, he How looked How do you for, feel about being a father and a husband? Oh, I love it. Well. It's, it is exciting. Is it better than your other life? My socialite life so, when I, yeah. I hang around with other postmen. And, yeah. <laughs> and we, yeah, we talk about the best things we've posted that day. And elastic bands and yeah. stuff. Now you've said that. Mm, you have sure. got some funny stories about things you posted. but Yeah, I have. Got, things yeah. that shaped like phallic stuff. Yeah, plenty of stuff like that. And things that are phallic stuff that I've posted. Um. Anyway, we're getting a little that's, bit... Um, that sounds like the start of a porn video. It does it. <laughs> For the letterbox. <laughs> what was I saying today? I was saying today um, that that I like every time Elvis Presley comes on the radio at work, I like to say, oh, I love this. I love Alvin Stardust. Or uh, it's I love Shaking Stevens. It really annoys people that like Elvis Presley, right? And then the one that was on today was from the film Blue Hawaii. Right, which I convinced one of the others was a uh, porn film that he was in. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he, he's like Shakespeare, Dickens. He invented new words. Now, the only thing I think about this is, 
do they actually invent these words or do they are they the first ones to write them down? <laughs> because what? Well, I could I could invent a word. We've done it before. We've invented a word, didn't we? We did invent a word. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what it was either. But it didn't catch it. on, really. <laughs> I was going to use it more often, but it didn't catch on. But if you invent a word, right? Yeah. It, no one's going to... No one necessarily will know about it until it's written down. And I think there's a case that Shakespeare and Dickens wrote words down that they'd heard from other people and then now everybody thinks they're the ones who've invented it. Discuss. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so he invented words. Well, I guess they're the first... Well, yes, yeah, to a certain extent, but they are the first ones to kind of write that down. He, He invented words like boredom. Right. Flummoxed. Two words that could be attached to this podcast. And bar humbug, which I think up until A Christmas Carol was just two words. But but, <laughs> but he put them together. Oh, right, so people yeah. used to go, bar well, sheep for a start. <laughs> yeah, <they did. laughs> and, and people used to buy humbugs. But he was the first person to think, hmm, bar humbug. Bar humbug <laughs> catchphrase. Yeah. Um, where are we? Where are we? So, actually, he wrote about the class divide. So, that much of his books are about that, about the higher society and the poor. Um, he talked about prisons. He talked about poor houses. Uh, what he did try and get across was that it's... Although he's, he's, a lot of his books had, uh, was humorous, he uh, he tried to make sure that People, under, people understood. The one with the trains is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, they keep missing the trains. <laughs> anyway. To wait for the next, the one next train come, come along and then there's someone on the train picking their nose. Trains. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing was that he was trying to do... He was saying people that go to prison, people that are in these situations, they're not in these situations because they're bad. And not everybody in prison is a madman or a, a murderer. People get sent to prison that are normal people. Um, and he tried to depict that in a lot of his, his his stories as well. But I think the other guys, like these literary friends that he had, um, were a little bit sniffy about him. They were a bit sort of that he, he made... Well, I mean, I have read Dickens' books and... And I can't remember them being hilarious, but for the time they were... Didn't leave you in giggleplexia. Giggleplexia, that's the one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it didn't leave me in giggleplexia. Um, the the names are quite amusing. They make me laugh. But to his friends, to his... Like his Oliver Twist. Yeah, that's quite funny, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, that's a song, isn't it? Well, if you think about what was the one we were talking about just now, I mean... One of the trains? No, Martin Chuzzlewit. Oh. That's quite a funny name. Anyway, so they weren't so impressed with it because they thought he, he belittled um, literature by making these funny characters and all the rest of it. But, I mean, he still is, again, one of the most well-known um, and respected... I think humour's evolved, isn't it? Yeah. Because if he was to do stand-up nowadays, I don't think he'd do very he probably, well. He probably wouldn't hit the the mark like, like he should. But then we talk about it. He, of his time... Who's better as a, as a comedy writer? Um, Lee Mack or Charles Dickens? Uh, up to about uh, series six or seven... I'd say Lee Mack. <laughs> recent After history. that, yeah, no, no, I do like him still. But no, if of the time, it was, you know, it was funny. It was, it was doing exactly what people do now when they that when you get a, a comic stands up and and starts talking about things that they've seen and part of their life and how they, you know, observational comedy. I mean, he obviously wrote this into his novels but it, it's a similar sort of thing it was just the a word, though. Huh? didn't invent the word well he well, there's supposedly quite a lot of words that he invented but not observational comedy he, he didn't no he didn't invent that no he probably said observational and comedy but he never thought about putting the two together like bar I humbug I still don't understand the bar humbug thing it doesn't really make sense well I think that's just a bar like uh, 
humbug. It's just humbug's another word for a sweet. You know, well, no, it's like. Uh, well, I guess my only reference to it is a, is a Christmas Drake Carol. It was in there as a joke that he went bar humbug. People are like, bar humbug. That's a weird that thing make, to say. Yeah, it don't make any sense. He died a wealthy man with an estate worth uh, in today's times would have been about fifty million. What was it then? Uh, a couple of bob. <laughs> um, <laughs> he died on the ninth of June. 1870, age 58. But if you think about... You're nearly 58. I'm three years off that, yes. So I could write three of his books. I was thinking... You don't, that doesn't work like that. You can't just write the same book again. Can you not? <laughs> no. That people seem to do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, anyway, but his films and like his books, he didn't make films... <laughs> no, his books have been made into, into films. Into films, and Oliver twice, Scrooge well, many think, times. Yeah, if you think about, I mean, when I was growing up, Oliver the musical Oliver, like I had no idea that was a book. I just thought it was a, you know, it the film was the film. It was a musical. Um, who thinks of making something like that into a musical? It's, it seems like a bizarre thing to do. But that's really successful. A Christmas Carol's been made. We laugh about the Muppets, but doing these sort of things. But yeah, it's a lot of people's favourite version, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, quite. But they've made so many different versions of that. If you dramas on TV, things like Great Expectations, the train Co- one, the train one. Uh, David Copperfield recently was a film. Um, you know, most of them. Is David Copperfield into... a magician? No. Wherever I well, got that from. A, no, he is a magician. There is a person called David Copperfield, an American, who's a magician. Okay, so he's I've the got one it from who there. made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Well, the, do you know how he did he that? He made the Statue of Liberty look like it disappeared. Yes. yes, I do know how he did it. Did we talk about the magic episode? Yes, we did. Okay. He moved the raft perspective where they were so they the were stage, on a raft weren't they yeah, so the stage was or the, where it was meant that it was obscured when it moved and no one knew that it was moving that was the whole thing well he's an illusionist isn't he yeah I mean let's be honest magicians aren't wizards no they're not wizards are wizards yeah um, magicians are people that pretend anyway so David Copperfield don't know why I've said that word again, but it's just because you started talking about it as well. The magician. Um, so, Christmas Carol. Now, Christmas Carol has been a big part of our lives. Um, I was Tiny Tim yeah. in uh, Christmas Carol, and, you know, I've got to be. Sa- I got to say, I, I went down in an absolute storm, right? You had one line, didn't you? I had one line, God bless us and keep us everywhere. I was I did all of the performances because the other um Tony Tim you assassinated out. Oh. yeah I locked him in the cupboard and people were talking about it all year until we did the next production and the next production bizarrely was Oliver, Oliver. oh I had a voice and crack. I got the part of the butler oh right? <laughs> now, Oliver it was a non-speaking part I don't understand what happened there because obviously my triumph from the previous year I've actually looked up, and he didn't even have a name in Oliver, the butler. Right? He didn't really exist as such in that particular thing. So it sounds like they've made up a role for me, uh, yeah, which I they... found quite upsetting. And that was only recently I looked at that. Well, surely that should also be an honour, because they wanted you in it so bad that they made a role for they you. They wanted me badly. They could have, but I could have been you the blonde, awful dodger. You? Huh? you were blonde. I could have been Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, if only I could read. Um, but I think what eclipses all of those things is our adaptation of, um, and I know there's a lot of people writing in and, and messaging as we speak. One is, notification. Is our adaptation of A Christmas Carol, which we released as a pantomime. Yes. Now, I recently, only in the last few days, listened back to that, and I'd forgotten quite how chaotic <laughs> that yeah. was you could actually hear my patience slipping away 
moment by moment as you're going. So is it? Uh, is it just? And I'm, in my mind, I'm going. Read the piece of paper in front of you. Read the script. Read the script, and you're going. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it so and so? Oh, Epon, is it Scrooge? No, it is. <laughs> but it did make me laugh again. But we'll have to do that again. What the uh, exact same play? No, do an adaptation, no, what, a better adaptation one. of it again. The, yeah, an adaptation of our adaptation. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, but did you know something else? Did right, you this know? first time I've said that, isn't it? Today for a while, actually. Yeah. Think, no, he had, you know, we, we've really scratched the surface of Charles Dickens, right? But he had a whole world created in a theme park down in Kent. Because he, he was born, I think, in Portsmouth, but he a lot of he spent some time in Rochester in Kent, which they often have this Dickensian markets and all the rest of it. It's really good, really cool. But have you been? Uh, I think I have, yeah. Uh, I've certainly been to Rochester. Um, and they built this thing, Dickens World. Now, there's not a Shakespeare's world. There's places you can go and have a look. And I think this was a bit like there's somewhere up in York that that's, that you walk There is through. a Zeus landing, though. Is, oh, yes, there is, yes. Um but um, very few authors have and had Roald their Dahl. own have their own theme park. Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl, I suppose in a, into a certain respect, yeah. Yeah, he's got stuff in Alton Towers, isn't he? Yeah, maybe, yeah. But other than Roald Dahl, Bino, Bino, but but that isn't the particular writer, is it? That that's the actual uh, publication, the Bino publication in Chesson and whatever, wherever it J.K. is. J.K. Rowling, I suppose. To a certain extent, the world she created was... Well, look, he wasn't unique. <laughs> right? I'm not saying he was unique. I'm Stanley. saying it seems like a really strange thing to do. And I think most people thought it was quite a strange thing to do because I don't think it was open for a huge amount of time. Oh, we um, can't, it's not open anymore. It's not open anymore, no. Oh. Um, but obviously they thought his popularity was that high still that they could build this amusement park come in this building come uh, sort of interactive museum um, and I think you know the turnover was fairly high for some years and then it just dropped away and eventually closed but then so did things like Crinkly Bottom didn't it and, and things like that so that What's was a Crinkly theme park oh. uh, well it used to be a Noel's house party Mr Blobby so uh they opened a theme park, Mr. Blobby Theme Park, and uh, I think Noel Edmonds pulled out of it in the end or certainly signed away the, the rights, but there was a crinkly bottom uh, Blobby world. Because he's the one that pretty much made Mr. Blobby, was Well, he? I don't know if, yeah, if he invented the character, but he certainly was very much, he appeared on all his show, that that's where he came from. Mr. Blobby appears everywhere now, but I don't think he's got anything to do with him. No, I don't think he has. No, and and, and as for the theme park, it's not his house he, party, wasn't he it? pulled yeah, he pulled out of the theme park because it it was just getting ridiculous, I think, for him. But what I find really weird about think places like that is apparently they've had to demolish it in the end because there was there was a manor house, uh, dumb blobbing, it was called. And there was Wait, a, Mr. Blobby one, Mr. Blobby one, All and right. it and it was just left. But then, like these things happen, people started to go there like pilgrimage to go and see it and all the rest and in the end they they had to close it off and in the end they had to demolish it just because it was getting a bit ridiculous and I'd like to watch an abandoned theme park no uh, that fascinates me that's exactly why I've talked about it that fascinates me that to go to places I've often looked on the internet we know of obviously in Disney when we've talked about that before when you go to Magic Kingdom and one of the places to the side as you're travelling towards Magic Kingdom. What was that called? River Country. River Country. So that yeah, was... abandoned water park. And it's never been... And I think sometimes it's so expensive for them to remove all the stuff that it just gets left there anyway. I and think because they are it removing hidden, it now. Well, maybe, but if it's for hidden, a long time, why wouldn't people... The pools got left there, but they uh, eventually filled in the pools because they would get mosquitoes breeding there and stuff oh, like I that. Oh, I suppose anywhere. But I think they were building something. I think they start to actually do something about it because they were going to build something there. Yeah, which was something like um, 
a club or whatever. Although, I think that was pre-pandemic, so I don't know if they got held up. Anyway, that's a completely we'll, different topic. We'll have to look into that. But it's interesting anyway. So that's my information about Charles Dickens. Maybe one day people will open a, a sort of adventure park about us. But I doubt it. Do you reckon? No. No, I don't think so. So have you got a song for me? Yes, I have a song for you. I've written a song about uh, Charles Dickens and about uh, the time that Charles Dickens lived in. It's all about how I want to go and live in those times. And it's called Mr. D. Oh, I'll give it a listen then. song thank you you're welcome lovely okay so should we play a game we'll play a game what sort of game would you like to play maybe uh jigsaw no how about a multiple choice quiz ah Ah, yes i can do that for you okay so this quiz is called what the dickens what the Dickens? All about Charles Dickens. So why don't you play my sting? I'll play that sting. Here's a little quiz to stretch your brain. You know the drill, it's much the same. 
as every other quiz you've had to do. Fun for me, but not for you. So pull up a chair by the roaring fire. Try to relax, you look quite tired. Try to be less of a grumpy git. And take off your coat so you won't feel the benefit. What the dickens? What a lovely sting. What a lovely sting as well. Did you particularly enjoy that sting? Yeah, I particularly enjoyed it. Even though I called you a git in it. No, I didn't enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't think so. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Okay. What the dickens? Question one. We've already mentioned it, but the Dickens world was in full swing. When the Dickens world Dickens world was in full swing. I'm going to start that question again. If you could, yes. Question one, we've already mentioned it, but when Dickens world was in full swing, it had attractions for customers, much like other fairs or amusement parks. But which one of these was the name of an actual attraction? So which one of these was the name of an attraction? You might see something slightly different here or hear something slightly different here. Was it A, the Oliver Twister? Was it B, the Great Expectations Log Flume? Was it C, the Artful Dodgems? Or was it D, a Christmas Carousel? Ah, so hang on, were all of those... just One, one of, of those was a ride or experience within Dickens World. But which one? Was it the Oliver Twister, the Great Expectations Log Flume, the Artful Dodgems, or a Christmas Carousel? One of them was. One of them was. Mm. The diff- difficulty with the Great Expectations log flume is it's not a train ride. <laughs> no, and you'd think, bearing in mind, as far as I know, there's no logs. Although they put logs in the fire on the trains, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Well, no, coal, they don't. They really. put coal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of what you have as a wood burner at home. Yeah. And that's not a train. I'm going to go for the fact that the other ones were quite good alliteration or quite good puns. Yeah. That is going to be the log flume. It is the log flume. There was a great expectations but log flume in that building. Your one was better. You like? Your ones were better. Thank you very much. But you got that right. Thank you. Question two. How many what? questions? Uh, there's ten. Oh. When it finally closed You're in October 2016, it was redeveloped as a retail park. But which one of these businesses used the site in which Dickens World once stood? <laughs> was it A, a pet shop and a gym? Was mm-hmm. it B, a laser quest and an amusement arcade? Or was it C, a fast food outlet and a tattoo parlour? Uh, what was the first one? Pet shop and a gym. Pet shop and a gym. That is correct. It was Mighty Claws and Gymfinity. Nice. <laughs> and a Nando's extension. Oh. Because there was a Nando's there anyway, so they just extended ex- uh, Nando's out. Um, was it an indoor park? Yes, it was an indoor park, yeah. But it was but quite... not that big. Uh, reasonably big to have a log flume in it. But, yeah, yeah, I'd have to have a look up and see exactly. I think I've seen the outside of it, but it's like one of these things. I think the outside of it was all along one particular, but it must have gone back quite a way. Um, It's quite in keeping that um, it was like a pet shop and a gym because they were his three passions, animals, keeping fit and spicy chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Portuguese chicken. Portuguese chicken. Question three. What are the two cities in the Dickens novel, A Tale of Two Cities? Is it A, London and Paris? Is it B, Paris and Rome? Or is it C, Rome and Madrid? No silly ones there. London and Paris. It was London and Paris. Three out of three. You're absolutely (laughs) storming this. Question four. We left the windows open. Um, Yes. (laughs) These was I'm going to ask you what were Dickens' last words? We've left the window open. <laughs> um, was it? That was before. <laughs> before before he went to do his parachute jump. Uh, um, what were Dickens' last words? Was That's it before the tsunami hit? On that shelf, 
Was it B, behind the sofa, or was it C, on the ground? Um, I wasn't behind the sofa. His last words, on the shelf, behind the sofa, or on the ground? On the ground. That's four out of four. He was having a stroke at the time, and he replied to his sister-in-law, who had just suggested he lie down. On the ground. (laughs) And then he died. Question five. Dickens had a country retreat in Gads Hill in Kent, which he lived in for many years. But what unusual feature did it have? Hmm. (laughs) I was just seeing how cocky you were going to be there Was it A A secret room With a door disguised as a bookcase Was it chimneys That were actually paintings But from afar made the house look grander Or was it C A fireman's pole That led from his study To the dining room A secret door disguised as a bookcase Five out of five. Yeah. He even named the titles of the fake books and how many volumes they should be. Question six. What unusual pets did Charles Dickens keep? One of his passions. A. Llamas. B. Snakes. Or C. Ravens. Ravens. This could potentially be your finest <laughs> hour. Six out of six, it was ravens. And he had an eagle as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> to keep the ravens company. Okay. Three more questions. If it's 10 out of 10, I wish I brought some indoor fireworks. Question seven. What did Charles Dickens always do before going to bed? Was it A, he brushed, Lie his, down. He brushed his pet <laughs> raven's beaks? Was it B, consult his compass to make sure he was always sleeping facing north? Or was it C, turn his nightgown inside out? Oh, that's a weird one. Because if he's checking his compass to make sure he's always facing north, does it ever change? Suppose not. Um, Brushing his raven's beaks, turning his nightgown inside out. Um, mm. Check his compass to make sure he's always facing north. Seven out of seven. <laughs> Consult his compass be. to make sure he was always sleeping facing north because he believed it enhanced his creativity. Oh. Question eight. Which of these is not... A character, and well, she's not a character name from a Dickens book. Excuse me, <clears throat> getting a bit emotional. You are, yeah. Is it A, Jerry Cruncher? Is it B, Herbert Pocket? Or is it C, Jeremiah Pottypots? Mm. Which of those is not a character name from a Dickens book? I actually feel a bit I'm losing my voice. I don't normally feel pressure in these situations. Well, because you've got... Well, this is easily one of your best quizzes already. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> By a long shot. Should we just stop it now? No. Oh. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice as I'm going through these. Jeremiah Potty Pots. Eight out of eight <laughs> it was. Jeremiah Potty Pots. A, Jerry Crunchies from A Tale of Two Titties. Oh, <laughs> Cities. I didn't even mean to say that. Oh, Bleep. Jerry Crutchett is from a tale of two cities. I'm getting overexcited. Herbert Pocket uh, drove the trains in great expectations. Jeremiah Pottypots wasn't one. Sorry. Question nine. You know what's really funny about that is you said not and I was doing the opposite. So I actually got that one by mistake. Oh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Two more to go. The penultimate one. <laughs> Question nine. What did Charles Dickens not do until he was in his 40s? Mm-hmm. Now, if you'd have listened to the song, 
that you told me you really enjoyed. <laughs> know the answer to this. What did Charles Dickens not do until he was in his 40s? Did he not drink alcohol? Did he not grow a beard? Or did he not eat a piece of fruit? Oh. See, he's famous for having those like sideburny things, isn't he? <clears throat> um, drink it. Oh, eat a piece of fruit. Oh no! It's oh, incorrect. <laughs> it was grow a beard. He didn't have a beard until he was about forty-three. Oh my god! Oh, it's still a really good effort. Eight out of nine. Let's see if you can finish off. The last one then. Question 10. Charles Dickens was also very fond of cats and was fond of one in particular called Bob. When Bob died, what did he do with the body to immortalise him? Did Charles Dickens turn one of Bob's paws into a letter opener? Did Charles Dickens make a fur cat skin rug from Bob so the other cats could lie on it? Or did he stuff Bob and use him as a footstool? Oh. Um. So was it a letter opener, a rug, or a footstool? See, he says he loved him, but all of them are really morbid ways of... Because getting it stuffed, but then getting it stuffed and using it as a footstool is another thing on top of it, isn't it? Um... I don't think cats make very good footstools. Letter opener. That is correct. Ah, so I would have got finished the quiz with nine out of ten. That is a very good effort. Thank you. And I obviously that clearly know Charles Dickens. Is the end of my little Charles Dickens quiz. Well, I enjoyed that more than most. Because, well, because did you well. did all right, yes. You wasn't so frustrated. Yeah, I was frustrated actually, but for he was with that one. Reason. It's a shame, but no, very well done. Thank you very much. Well, hopefully, you know a little bit more about Charles Dickens after this episode. Yeah, and maybe even people listening to this episode will learn something about Charles Dickens that they didn't trains. know before. Yes. Yeah. Well. I really enjoyed that. And the thing is, if someone does want to listen to more about Charles Dickens, they can listen to our episode about the pantomime. Um, and that is our Christmas one for the year just gone. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's a good one. But all of our episodes are available on the website, fatherandsundays.com. You can also send us messages by going on fatherandsundays.com by going to the contact us page or email us at contact us at fatherandsundays.com. Okay. Uh, all the episodes available on on podcast platforms: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Freds, like, follow, share. Oh, that's a new one, isn't it? Freds. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yep, I've mentioned it before. X. Yeah, Twitter's now goes by X. Yeah, is it not called Twitter at all now? No. When you retweet something, it's called reposting. It? Oh my god, how stupid! Yeah, it's like I the way I look at it is like you know when um, Hermes changed their name to Every yeah. and rebrand brand in the hope that everyone wouldn't spot the things they did wrong previously. And they're still rubbish. See, he, he's done so much to change things with Twitter that he's had to change the name of Twitter so people will stop thinking that he's ruined Twitter. It's like a mass murderer changing their name and thinking that means they're not a mass murderer anymore. Does it not mean they're mass... Yeah. I thought it did mean they're not a mass murderer anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that all done then? Yeah, I think so. Well, until next time... Bye. Goodbye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.